There are some lies in our science books. I taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. There's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, do, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome. To the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. Gentlemen, how are we? Good. I'm good, thank you. Cam, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm very well. Uh, Luke, I understand that you have some uh, COVID misinformation to apologise for. Yeah, we were fake news last week. Remember that Ooh. Remember that fake news term that everyone's like, oh, great term. <laughs> uh, so uh, we said that the mRNA vaccine was... We? We said? Oh, probably me. Um, I mean, if you're coming to us for medical advice... Uh, don't go no. elsewhere. We're not we're not very detail oriented at times, and uh, none more so when we said the we. Uh, yeah, it's a Again, team. <laughs> pro- proving your point about Cam, detail. Every time you've done corporate training, they've said we is a team effort. And we are presented for a front. So we as a team, oh, we take our wins as a, as a team. We take blame as individuals. Yeah, we have to own this decision, and we said the. Well, was it the AstraZeneca was the mRNA one, but it's not. It's the other two, the Pfizer and the Moderna. Yeah. Oh, it's much of a much as though. It's not like you can get anything but the AstraZeneca. Yeah, so they've just, well, no, you can't get that now. Did you not see the press conference that literally just happened? Oh, no, I haven't. Uh, uh, Scott Morrison got on the tally and politicians, man, get an editor. It's been about <laughs> three minutes reminding us that last year was tough because of COVID. Yeah, oh, like, was it? We, yeah, we know, Scott Morrison. What, tell us why you're calling a press conference at quarter past seven in the evening, like with, with less than an hour's notice. They've said that the, the blood clot issue is becoming so much that they're going to stop giving it to people under 50 that don't immediately need it, which is fascinating because the Australian government famously doesn't have any vaccines to give anyone yeah. <laughs> and no plans to give them to anyone. So it seems like you know, this is just kind of a, a, a disclaimer they're saying, hey, you know, you can't give it without a disclaimer or something. Like, people have to know what they're getting. Or, like, it's, there isn't really much of an announcement. Uh, but as we all know, they've really stuffed up the rollout and everyone's criticizing, criticizing them for it. So it sounds like they're kind of covering up. So in two years' time, when people say, man, that was slow. They'll be like, well, we announced it, the clots. I like that the main lesson they've taken from the last year of politics is, oh, if you do a press conference at night, People will be like, wow, what a great leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a really just rubbish conference. But 
today we're not talking about rubbish. We're talking about rocks. Yeah, good segue. Uh, yeah. Uh, today we are talking about America's Stonehenge, which uh, are the, the Georgia Guide Stones. <laughs> no, 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 not those ones. You must no. be talking about the uh, the monoliths, Tiwanaku in South America. Oh. <laughs> no, I wish I wish we were. No, no, we're not. Oh. Surely there's no other monolithic uh, sites of any significance in America. Well, there isn't, because this is not this monolithic. Is trash. This is bullshit rock. It's significant. So, America's Stonehenge is a site in, where is it, North Carolina? We did mention this New recently. Hampshire. Yeah, I think on the on the news show we've talked about this, because it was recently vandalized by a QAnon person. Yep. And when we heard about a QAnon guy has vandalized... America's Stonehenge, mm. we all immediately thought, oh, the Georgia Guidestones, which we've discussed on the show before, yeah. and which all of the conspiracy and QAnon people hate, yeah. even though there may be the Georgia Guidestones are maybe on their side <laughs> as being like the stones that are revealing the, the secret plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that they tend to read them as being like, you know, a threat or, you know, we're revealing the secret plan, but because we think it's good sort of thing. Right. Well, they're saying that, yeah, it goes into the George Guidestones episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, <talking> <laughs> so we just assumed, oh, it must be the Georgia Guidestones. And it turns out it's, no, there's, it's this other bullshit America's Stonehenge that got vandalized. So do you think maybe the guy that vandalized it did the thing that we did and got slightly confused and went, ah, oh, the... America's Stonehenge to George Guidestones. I'm going to look that up. Oh, it's just down the road from me. <laughs> you got there and was like, oh, this doesn't seem like the one that Alex Jones was at. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, there are signs guiding me around the site, so yeah. there must be the Guidestones. Yeah. I considered that, but then I thought an adherence of the QAnon philosophy are famously amazing researchers. <laughs> and famously never get massively confused about things. So mm. that doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah. You've got you've got a clear cam. No, I reckon there's a chance that that happened. There was a, a weird note in one of the articles about the vandalism, which is that they were like, oh, he's, I think he like wrote where we go one, we go all on mm. some rocks. Right. And they're like, he tried to do some sort of, use some sort of power tool on the rocks. And they're like, he was, tr- it seemed like he might have been trying to recreate a scene from a film. Mm. And I was like, wait, what, <laughs> what film is he trying to recreate? I never got to the bottom of that. So, like a drill rock thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, New Hampshire. Mm. Salem. Oh, yeah. New, Salem, New Hampshire, not North, Car- not North Carolina. No. End mm. something. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, it's America. It's a big place. It's Salem, but it's not where the witch trials were. No. That's already, like, again, maybe people got confused at some point and went, oh, this must be the... Because one of the things in this is a sacrificial table. So, like, it would make sense if it's where the witch trials were. Yeah, because they were chopping up witches on it. Yeah, but that was in Massachusetts. Right. With the witch trials. So it's not Georgia, it's not Massachusetts. Ah, so uh, this is a different Salem altogether. Yeah, yeah, completely right. different. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, Luke, please tell us, what is America's Stonehenge? All right. Uh, I'll, uh, I guess we'll start with the wiki page where I'll just start at the top, but I'll just, I won't read all the way to the bottom. 
Um, but it's got a muddled history, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, because someone became convinced, William Goodwin became convinced the location was proof of Irish monks, the Coldies, had lived there long before the time of Chris Columbus. Sorry, Christopher Columbus. I thought that might have been the Home Alone director, but no, it's Christopher. Right. You can call uh, him Chris if you want, probably. Yeah. Uh, and then he sought to make some money off it, and then it got altered. Someone had altered it over the years, and then someone else bought it called Stone. His last name was legitimately Stone. <laughs> and he just kind of rebranded it and said, yeah, it's definitely this ancient archaeological site. Yeah. Um, there's just That's no evidence. That still owns it, right? Stone family. Yeah, the Stone family. Uh, and it's an aptronym for those that uh, enjoy those Nerds. such things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there's like... Sorry. Things. I feel like lots of our listeners would appreciate an aptronym, so I apologise for calling you massive nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, many of the stones have drill marks from the quarrying that took place in the site. So I think over the years it's just been a site that's been used for various things and there are some stones there. And then someone um, started making up mythology around those stones and said, oh, here's a sacrificial table. And mm. uh, it was actually predates Native Americans. Uh, there's some Nephilim theories about that that were very much buried in three and four hour long podcasts or <laughs> three hour sermons about God. Right. He didn't really get to them. He had this guy, um, I don't know his name down. He's got a, oh, L.A. Mazuli is his name. A lot of he he's a content machine. A lot of content every day out there on YouTube, but he's got a video or a, a series of documentaries about finding the Nephilim. Uh, but they're all paid and they weren't for free anyway, so I, I decided not to. Um, but one of the claims that he makes, I'm just going to get right into the cook stuff. <laughs> one of the claims that he makes is that if you draw a line from some rock in Israel, I didn't get the name of the rock written mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you draw it to this place, yep. connects it, them. It connects them? Yeah. yeah. Straight, like a straight line? Yeah, like a straight line. It just connects the two. Oh, and and then, hang on, yep. it's going to blow your mind. If you keep drawing that line, it gets to Stonehenge. Uh, and then if you keep drawing it further, it all connects these in a line, gets to Beirut, which where Beirut is where a lot of the Nephilim or the another people he's talking about come from. Right. Now, I pulled up Google Maps, Google Earth, sorry, where he said this, he did this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And what I realized is when he said, if you keep drawing the line, you have to draw it around the globe a few times (laughs) to finally connect it. Because there is no way you could look at the Israel, Beirut, because Israel and Beirut are like, I think Beirut's like on top of Israel, basically. Right. And then, they have to do a couple of laps. Yeah, you got to do a couple of laps. You cannot, like, it's not a straight line. Couldn't you use that principle to connect up any area in the world? <laughs> um, I'm no mathematician. <laughs> I think it's a probability, yes. <laughs> um, and I, just on that, we, I was watching some Australian bloggers. Did you guys watch these guys? I watched yeah. the I watched that one you posted the link to. Yeah, Australian travel bloggers. <laughs> Apparently these these this couple have been invited to the White House and were named like top top influencers in the world by Time magazine. Jesus. 
They certainly don't get that many views, and their content isn't that compelling. No, they're not very watchable either. But they are sponsored by uh, Allianz International. So right. immediately after she does, um, she she does the leyline gear. She's like, if you line it up on a map and it goes directly through Stonehenge in England. <laughs> so she's really much on the basic level of ley lines as you yeah. can just connect two points on a map. With a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> but immediately after that, she does her throw to the sponsor, Allianz Global Assistance. <laughs> I also like the start of her video. It was like, you don't have to go all the way to England to see Stonehenge. It's like, no, you go all the way to America <laughs> yeah, to see it instead. Is it, yeah, is it not at least the same distance? <laughs> yeah, I <Yeah>. think so. <laughs> unless her, like, unless her, that video was aimed at an American audience. Yeah, I think so. I think they lived in America a little bit. But, right. yeah, it was really jarring at the start hearing an Australian. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it when I clicked on it. I'm like, but what? You're yeah. Australian. You've gone so far. And I liked that it was like, this chamber's called the secret bed. And it's like, they call it that because you can hide in this little room and then you can spy out of these holes that are put in here to like, so you can see what's going on around the place. It's like, I I would assume that those holes are there just because someone batched together a shoddy rock wall. (laughs) (laughs) This has got fucking heaps of holes in it. Yeah. Um, The other thing she said was, she pointed out the speaking tube. Yeah. Where if you speak through it, it goes under the ground and to the sacrificial table. And it sounds like the table is speaking, hence the name Oracle, <laughs> which I, I got really confused by. And then she said, how, how fascinating is that? <laughs> but I want to paint a picture for people out there listening. That was a couple and they had two kids. Yeah. At no point did they think to go and film that happening. No. <laughs> and test it out to prove it. There was, I watched another video of the same thing, a couple. There was a couple there who did the same thing. Oh, if you talk through here and... It, Apparently comes out by the table. It's like, well, go send your missus up to the table and go, ooh. Yeah. And see if she can hear it. No. Nah. They didn't? No. Nah. This is easy content. It is. That, that video alone is, I mean, I guess in the, in the age of TikTok, when you're just whittling content down to, you know, less than a minute, speaking yeah. to. Yeah. You can even do it yourself. Film yourself in the room going, woo, and then film yourself up at the table and, and just, just play the audio of you going, woo back like with you in that picture as well doesn't even need to work properly no um but there's like it's a sacrificial table blah, blah blah but there's all like like the the uh william goodwin who was talking about it being pre uh columbian there's there's all the there's tons of theories about it being just even early like settlers like like Okay, the Colombian settlers, like the first settlers or whatever, mm. just stuff they built. Like there was a house nearby, and they prob- that was probably something they used to like extract shit from, you know, fruit or lye from wood to make soap and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, the sacrificial table has got grooves cut out to it, and it's, it resembles just what people did to use to, to extract lye from from wood ash. Yeah, or are those grooves for blood? Well, yeah, that's the that's the more fanciful tourism friendly explanation. But also, why do why do we need to collect blood and grooves? Like, um, I don't I don't think that's even how a sacrificial table should should work. If that's how they do work, then I'm very disappointed in people doing sacrifices. Why? 
it's why do you, like why did yeah why do you need the blood to be so tidied up? Couldn't you just have one big groove? So you can collect. You- the, are we collecting the blood for something? Why does it need to come out in drips? Well, yeah, they would put a bowl under the table, and all the blood would run into the bowl. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. need to come through like little grooves. Why not? Just do one big groove. I mean, there wasn't like it wasn't like an intricate intricate patchwork of grooves. We're not talking a blade two situation. Maybe yeah. blade one, maybe blade three. I can't remember the blades. <laughs> uh, where it needs to run through a sort of ceremonial thing. So yeah, they're not trying to raise. Uh, Rasputin from the dead, like in Hellboy One, mm, yeah. via a giant maze of blood grooves. Yeah, so, but the, the, there is there is kind of a square with a one groove running out. It's like a drain cam. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. As long as it's not a bunch of little grooves, a la Blade or Hellboy, or even the Buffy episode, The Wish, where they have a, an intricate series of pipes yeah. for collecting for industrially collecting blood for the vampires. Yeah. Mm. It's nothing like pop culture. No. Um, so I looked at some reviews of this site. Do you guys want to hear some reviews? Yeah. yeah. This is from Google. Uh, utter ripoff, verging on scam. Ooh. Would be zero stars, except for the alpacas. <laughs> and okay, zero everyone stars. loves an alpaca. Sorry? Everyone loves an alpaca. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, zero, would be zero stars, except for the alpacas, and zero stars not being an option. <laughs> I read a lot of Google reviews, and I can assure you that a lot of people are really annoyed that zero stars isn't an option for many, many businesses. <laughs> um, someone else said, went here on the 4th of July a few years ago. To be honest, it was boring, very hot. I had a bad headache that day. <laughs> that's on you, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's unfair on the place. Yeah. Like, global warming's an issue. You've got some sort of maybe underlying health issue, maybe you went hydrated. They, they can't. Although, I, someone else did note, that drinks were expensive in the gift shop. So, so right. that is on them. Yeah. Um, the, they also the play... Woodstock. They also play... Drink pricing. <laughs> could talk a lot about Woodstock 99. Uh, whole different podcast. Yeah, mentioned the Google reviews for that. <laughs> um, they had play a 10-minute film before it starts, which apparently hasn't been updated since the early 90s. It's just really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this person says, it was the worst film we've ever seen. Very choppy, poorly constructed, fabricated information. One of the experts, and that's an inverted commas, was titled as a Master Stone Mason PhD. There is no such thing. <laughs> uh, there's a response from Catherine, who I think is one of the daughters of the owner. She responds to quite a few Google reviews. Right. Uh, thank you for your comments. David Stuart Smith was indeed a Master Stone Mason. And he did have a PhD, though not in stone masonry. <laughs> so a little bit, a few semantics on that. Um, they've just out of this bloke as a master stonemason. Wait, is a master stonemason just someone that's a stonemason, or is it? Yes, that's yeah. not related to Freemasonry. Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking Freemasons, of course. I'm getting stonecutter and Freemason jumbled up in my head. Uh, now, an actual, uh, I think it was like an archaeologist or something went there from England. And he just ripped on it for his review. Uh, this is on TripAdvisor. Um, but he pointed out that so one of the theories is that one of the gateposts resembles ones found in Malta. And Malta is another site of people claim as ancient archaeology and Nephilim live there or lived there because there's some big rocks or something. And he said, uh, yeah, no doubt they 
sailed across uh, to America in second mil- the second millennium before Christ, bringing the, their unique style of gatepost design. <laughs> Save your gas, your time, and your money, and stay on I-93. I wish I had. Oh. Mm. That's it for the Google reviews. I did find it interesting that uh, before they called it America's Stonehenge, it was just known as Mystery Hill. And yeah, like, I think that's the name. Of, that's still the name of the actual hill. Yeah, but like they, they, it was just Mystery Hill, and they're like, "This sounds too much like a tacky tourist trap." <laughs> let's cla- let's class it up with this Stonehenge thing. <laughs> let's get some alpacas, a gift shop. Um, Mystery Hill's a way better name. Yeah, I did when I was looking up Mystery Hills. There is a a, a, a thing that is a Mystery Hill which is an optical illusion involving a hill where it looks like the hill is uh, going up, but actually it's going down. Oh, yeah. And so if- There's a few of those in Australia. If there's like a car that is like idled or whatever, you know, has the brakes off, it'll roll down the Mm. hill, but it'll look like it's rolling up. Yeah. Which also could look like the car is, you know, driving up the hill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> slowly uh i think i've seen one of them on a video in south australia somewhere yeah was, there is magnetic yeah. hill it's cool and is that because they're like there's no other explanation for this but magnets yeah it's just one of those things where i think just because of the way the surrounding landscape looks compared to the actual road you're on it looks like your cars you, like people would like yeah get out of the car and someone would sit in the car and the car would just like kind of look like it's rolling slowly up the hill Hey, when you're a kid, it's fucking amazing. Oh, I'm into that. I think it's great. I'm certainly not dismissing it like Cam just did. Yeah. Um, one of the things I found about this is a lot of people seem to be super into just kind of, oh, it's a mystery. We don't, we don't know. Because when we don't really know, but the educated guesses say it's not super old. Yeah. Uh, there, there was things saying, they keep going on saying, oh, it's 4,000 years old. Yeah, and then like I saw a video that said that like some parts of it they've said date from about that long ago, but that's potentially just a rock, like one rock sitting there. They're going, "Oh, this rock's old as fuck." Yeah, but they seem they're like, "Oh, the the whole site's four thousand years old." Yeah, rocks can be old before someone moves them somewhere. Yeah, (laughs) famously, actually. Yeah, there are many old rocks. Yeah, it's kind of one of their key traits is. They're old. Yep. And then people move them somewhere. Which Sometimes. begs the question, where are all the new rocks? Mm. Uh, forming, I guess, at the moment. Mm. Okay, what, what, do you, what do you consider a new how, rock? How convenient. I'm talking about like a 10-year-old rock. Well, probably like I guess one of them like would have been flung out of a volcano that erupted or something. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So they're Indonesia, Iceland. Yeah. All right. It, it was like in its liquid state under the ground for for millennia. Then the volcano has a little squirt, mm-hmm. spits some rocks around, brand new rocks. You know what I really like seeing on videos, and I feel like in the eighties and early nineties they used to be on TV a lot. Good lava flow. Yeah, yeah. Hey, have you boys watched the uh, that Werner Herzog volcano documentary on Netflix? No. Get on it. Uh, am I going to see some good lava flow? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's good. And you get to hear Werner Herzog like being saying really epic shit. Like, mm. he reads a poem about volcanoes and it's just like, oh, man. 
The fire gusheth forth on the... Oh, man, it's so good. There was a skateboarding video recently where they was zoom, they zoomed in uh, over Zoom with Turner Herzog and showed him some skateboarding tricks <laughs> and, and asked him what he thought of them. <laughs> More of that, thanks. Creative. It's, it's such a good sport. And let's couples not understanding how to can you build that <laughs> a sacrificial table yeah. and more Werner Herzog Zoom calls. Um, he's super into skateboarding. He's just like not not before this video, but he's yeah. He's like yeah. It's a really fun video. I'll, I'll share it into our chat. I will need a link to that. Yeah. If you just Google out there for people listening, uh, Werner Herzog skateboarding, and you'll get him. Um, where were we before we talk about lava flows? Rocks, old rocks. Yeah, that's right. America's Stonehenge. <laughs> way, way less exciting. Um, <laughs> one of the things about this one, and I guess the, the bloggers are into this, and the, the kind of the, the mystery around it, people seem to be just kind of okay to accept that there's a mystery. You know, oh, we don't know. And that's what the travel bloggers can, you know, oh, it's hard to, oh, who did it? We don't know. And I came across an article in the New York Times, uh, America's Stonehenge, a classic whodunit and why done it from 2009, 2009 sorry. And I thought this is going to be a good debunking, a good long form read about this, you know, cooked place. It's just a tourism story. Yep. <laughs> like it's got a little, if you go at the end, uh, the open year round, $9.50 for adults. Uh, I will make a disclaimer. That's gone up to fourteen dollars now. Whoa! Inflation. Um, but it's just he says it's a, this journalist says a charming mix of prehistoric wonders, alpaca farming, <laughs> and catch America's Stonehenge is an oasis of eccentricity in an ever-growing world of carefully managed and manicured tourist spots. Um, that's not the most glowing endorsement. Yeah. In a world of well-managed tourism spots, it's nice that it's still like a real shit one out there. Yeah. And it's got alpacas. He gets a couple of like local, like a local science, uh, he calls him a a doctor of astronomy, but it turns out this guy was a doctor of social sciences at the local, I guess, TAFE equivalent. Um, So he's misrepresented him in the story, but it was kind of brought in at the end. I was like, ah, this guy's going to rinse the whole thing. And the guy was cool with it. He was like, "Yeah, nah, who knows?" <laughs> um, he's he, he make he does the whole thing of like, oh, actually, this this doctor says the colonial argument never made sense to me. Uh, noting that colonial settlers would not have been dependent on astronomical events to track the days of the year. There's too many of these to write off as coincidence. Sure, there's evidence that the Native Americans used them as sweat lodges, but when you have elaborate stone structures like these, there's a lot of reuse when a new civilization comes along. So there are things that line up with certain days of the year, equinox things. Yeah. But as we know, the site's been moved around a lot. And if you've got that many rocks lined up, you know, lying around, like if you look at the videos, there's rocks and piles everywhere. Mm. Yeah. One of them's got to line up with the sun. Yeah, if only some of it lines up, right? Like, whatever. Mm. Like, unless every single rock lines up perfectly with something, forget about it. And if it unlocks something. Yeah. Great. That's what you need. I don't need to see a sun lining up with something. Because old-timey people, no matter how old they are, if they had some sort of knowledge of the sun, yeah, we'll put this rock here because on this day it's going to line up. Yeah. 
and we know that this is you know when the cold weather starts. But they're not idiots; they can see the sun. Yeah, I'd like the sun to like go through a hole and really point at something too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not pointing at anything. Especially if you have to put like a staff in the ground with a little crystal in it. Mm. And the sun hits it. It's just a laser beam. So yeah, I did. I read a little bit about you know maybe it was some super ancient Greeks that came over, built a little Greek Stonehenge, and then pissed off back to Greece. Right. But like a lot of this stuff, it's not like it wasn't super racist like some of the New Zealand stuff that we've talked about before, or the Australian pre-indigenous civilization stuff we've discussed. But I've, it was felt like. Even, unfortunately, when Leonard Nimoy was dropping some of this stuff on his TV show, it was like, it's just an undercurrent of white supremacy mm. that, uh, oh, yeah, Native Americans could never have moved some rocks around. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't have the tools to do this. It's like, I think they have the tools. If these aren't just rocks that someone has moved like a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah. They, I reckon they probably could have managed it. Because, like, what amazing tools were they using, you know, 400 years ago to drill some tiny grooves and rocks? Um, did you see the sundial on any of the videos? Yeah, where it's all made of, like, polished marble and stuff. Yeah, it's brand new. Clearly from, like, yeah, at least 10 years ago. Yeah, it's from Bunnings. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they talk about that as, like, you know, oh, it's, they used to use this to tell the time. Is what the Australians are like. It's like, no, they didn't, because <laughs> someone put, someone just installed it like a couple of years ago. Yeah, we have we have clocks now. We don't need to do that. Also, like none of the rocks really look particularly super massive. No, like what's impressive about Stonehenge is you go there and they are fucking huge. It's like it, they're huge. And you can understand the mystery behind, like, yeah, it was pretty, it would have been pretty hard for them to get that here, like, however many thousands of years ago. Yeah. Pretty impressive. They're massive. You, this place looks like a whole bunch of little rocks that are stacked up with some kind of big ones on top of them. Yeah. It, there was no rocks that made me go, oh, I don't think I could actually move that one. Mm. Most of them, I reckon I could work out how to move pretty quickly. Yeah. If it was just not by lifting. Yeah. A few blokes just lift it up. Did I see something about a Stonehenge replica in the news this week? I don't know. Okay, so there's a complete Stonehenge replica in Australia. And I saw it in the news this week, and I I can't work out why, because the articles, I've just Googled it, and they're all from like four years ago. So these people in Western Australia just built an exact replica of the original Stonehenge. Right. It looks pretty cool. Like I say, just like fuck, I'm, I'm never doing that. Fair play to the <laughs> fair play to them. Um, yeah, I think they were trying to sell it recently. Maybe. Right. It was on the market in 2020 for 2.1 million dollars. As the owners head for retirement, retiring from what? Building fake stone hinges. Yeah, like I mean, you can retire from your jobs, but I don't I look at it. I don't think the upkeep's that much. How much was the? Uh, was it selling for? 2.1 million dollars. Fair enough. Well, apparently it cost them $250,000 to build it. They advertised it for $5 million in 2014. Bloody housing prices, eh? Hey. That's, bear in mind, it is WA. It's a real estate pricing reference that will be lost on all of our American listeners. Lost on me. Uh, 
real estate's very expensive in WA, mate. Because oh, didn't the, they go down heaps? Because of the, the mining effect? boom. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's gone down a little bit because of the mining crash. Anyway, moving on. Well, good good joke, Cam. Good current real estate gear. Uh, did you see this stuff about HP Lovecraft? No, I'd like to hear about it. So, this is super boring, just like the rest of this <laughs> one. Uh, some <laughs> some scholars believe that the Dunwich Horror, which is a story by Lovecraft, was inspired by Mystery Hill, which apparently Lovecraft had visited and he was, was a massive fan of. But other scholars say he visited too late for it to have been, inspired him. Has Although, he already written that story? Yeah. So he visited but sometime between 1928 and the 1930s, and he wrote the story in 1929. So I think very, there's some semantics. Mm. What's the story about? It's about monsters. It's like, I think that there is like a sacrificial altar in there somewhere, but mainly it's about just Lovecraftian horrors mm. getting about and causing mischief. Okay. Uh, Standard Lovecraft gear. <laughs> yeah, it's just Lovecraft. I don't think that, yeah, it's just racist monsters. I don't think that the altar plays that big a role that it needs to, to really inspire anything. <laughs> the altar is tiny as well. Like Lovecraft, I don't know, I feel like his imagination is much bigger than that tiny altar. Yeah. Cthulhu would be like, what is this altar? Yeah. It's like a toothpick for Cthulhu. Does Cthulhu have teeth? Probably not, no. He either has no teeth or has too many teeth. I'll tell you that. He's probably got a beak, right? <laughs> I think he's got lots of mouths, right? Well, he's got a. He's like a squid head. Yeah, so he'd have a beak. The problem with looking squid at head. Cthulhu is that you go mad, isn't it? Yeah. That's what I always find. So you can never really get a good enough look before you go crazy. Yeah. Let me just load up a pick right now. And- oh, Robbo. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it looks like. He never described, isn't he? Did he famously never actually describe Cthulhu? As in, he never described how he looked. He described the whole vibe of the thing. Yeah. Just look, this Cthulhu bloke, words can't even describe. It's that's some lazy writing. No, nah, that put, is. Put too much that. of his energy into being racist and not enough into actually describing it as monster. <laughs> Just be like, this is how many mouths he has. This is how many tentacles he has. Like, it's simple, right? Oh, no, it'll drive you mad to even know. Fuck off. Um, Anyway. Science fiction writers don't be cooked challenge. I'm sick of going back and reading some science fiction and going, oh, this is great. And then you you Wikipedia them and you're like, oh. Oh, they're cooked. You're awful. (laughs) The Ender's Game guy, like, purposely stuffed his name out of my head after I burned through that entire series and then I Googled him. Awful. He's like a... The most homophobic person in the world. He's like a member of the British homophobic bigot society. Like, legitimately, it's not even a <laughs> fucking elaboration. He campaigned against gay marriage for like a big chunk of the 2000s. So, what did we learn about American Stonehenge? Don't go, unless you like alpacas, in which oh, case, uh, definitely I go. I did have one more thing. Yep. It's alpaca related. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it at on gift, me. At the gift shop, you can pick up little bags of uh, America's Stonehenge alpaca fur. Ooh. Yeah. So I guess if anyone is going past at any point, I don't think you have to pay to get into the gift shop. I wouldn't mind some America's Stonehenge alpaca fur. There you go. Up. Well, that's America's Stonehenge. Uh, you can find us 
on the lines. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Patreon at Hypothepod. Thank you to Tammy and Vanessa, our Crook $33 sponsors. Thank you. Thank you. Robbo, they can find you. Uh, at Ale of a Time everywhere and aleofatime.com for stuff. I'm thinking about doing a blog post next few days, so stay tuned. Oh, looking right. forward to it. Salty? Oh. Uh, you can find me at Saltmarsh on Twitter and Instagram, andrewsaltmarsh.com for all my other stuff. And you can find me at Saxonhammer on Twitter. Yeah, Na Pasaran is my radio show about the far right on 3CR. Check it out wherever you check out your podcasts. Bye. 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 Don't worry about a thing. Except if all our world leaders are alien reptilians. Maybe the fluoride in our water supply contains mind-altering drugs Don't worry about a thing Except whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept you can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Not only did Bush do 9-11, but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51, which, let's not forget where all of the aliens are. Don't worry.